Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. If you want to explore more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head over to cageclub.me and check out some of our friends. Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Bad, the podcast where we talk about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us. I am your host, Nick Jenkins. Today I'm joined by three friends, first producer for Complexly and host of his own podcast, I Love It, it's Matthew Gatos. Hello. Video maker for Complexly, uh, who works directly with Matthew Gatos on a lot of the same projects, it's Maya Ledesma. Hello. And of course, producer for Complexly and co-host of Tangents. Sure. Co-host of the podcast Tangents, uh, Sam Schultz, and host of your own podcast, Real Love. Heck yeah. I host a lot of stuff. You do. You got a lot going on. Oh, yeah. You co-host a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel's the actual host of Real Love, so. Oh, no. We You're all right. know. We all know this. Uh, thank you guys for joining me today. Uh, we're finally done talking about my weird love story movies. Um, that There's <laughs> love in this movie. There is. is there's a couple of. There's like three, three at least I can think of on top of my head. Four. I mean, love Look at this. versus so much love. What infatuation <laughs> versus like? Fans. Well, okay, I'm not splitting hairs like that. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are talking about. We're going back into the world of comic books, and we are talking about Batman and Robin. Um, 1997, Seven. yeah, 1997, Joel Schumacher's second Batman film. This, of course, follows Batman Forever, uh, Batman Returns, and the 1989 Batman, uh, Michael Keaton. This is George Clooney, who took over the cape and cowl after Joel Schumacher and Val Kilmer could not get along. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I understand that's a common theme with Val Kilmer, which is too bad because he's kind of my favorite of these four yeah. Oh. Or three, I guess. There's three. There's Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, and uh, my, Matt doesn't agree with me. That's fine. So <laughs> my least favorite by far. I don't even know if he's my favorite. I, I, it just, I liked him. I, I, I think the thing here is I didn't like Clooney, but we're going to talk about yeah. that. So uh, before we get too deep into this, though, we need to do a 60 second plot dumb just because I think it's going to be fun. I want to hear Sam. Oh, no. I forgot this was part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me see. Uh, 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 just start the timer. I'll I'm, figure it out. I'm working on it. Say I have a very. Dense I have one no, if you want to borrow yeah. it. You're always prepared when I don't I, call on you. I haven't done one in like <clears throat> three months. It's fun. Oh, just wait till we get back into Hellraiser. <sighs> Bad stuff happens. Needle guy shows up. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's pins. Okay, Pin here we guy. go. Plot dump four. Batman and Robin in three, two, one. Okay, Batman and Robin are a crime-fighting duo. You know them, you love them. In the beginning, they beat up Mr. Freeze, who's trying to steal some diamonds. I think he does steal the diamond. He's trying to steal them so he can make this machine that will save his wife, I think, at first, is what his plan is. So then, in the meanwhile, in the jungle, this lady gets killed by her crazy boss and turns into Poison Ivy, who can control plants and kiss people and make them die. She figures out that her boss is being funded by Wayne Enterprises, but that kind of turns out to not be anything. But so anyway, she finds some paperwork, goes to Gotham to to kill, not John Wayne, Bruce Wayne, <laughs> to kill Bruce Wayne. Pilgrim. <laughs> yeah. She gets there, decides not to kill Bruce Wayne, uh, and then does something and wants to steal other diamonds. Her and Mr. Freeze meet, and then they decide to be bad guys together. Mr. Freeze has a wife who's sick. Poison Ivy kills his wife who's sick. I don't even know how this movie goes. Wait, I need more time than 30 seconds. Two, you had one, yeah, 60. Alfred's, you, had, you had 60. Alfred's, uh, Alfred's niece shows oh, yeah, we didn't up. didn't even mention her yet. <laughs> she yeah. turns into Batgirl by the end of the movie. Kind of unimportant. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Freeze 
tries to freeze all of Gotham. The end. With a telescope. And, and his, his wife is not dead. His wife is Because Batman and Robin rescued her, her just in time off camera. He thought Batman killed his wife when he got really mad. Yeah. Poison Ivy tried to kill his wife. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm, the problem is that none of the events in this movie matter or lead into other events in this movie. <laughs> That's what, when I was typing out my plot synopsis, I realized, I was like, I can put these in any order <laughs> yeah. and don't need to connect them at all. I just need mm-hmm. to say, this happened. Then this happened. And then this also happens. Well, when you get to the point where Poison Ivy goes to Gotham to confront Bruce Wayne to Poison Ivy shows up at that gala, there is a gap there where I don't understand why she does anything she does after that. Yes. That is one of my biggest issues with the entire movie. Okay. Well, before we get into specifics here, first of all, we needed to, this, this movie is legendary. It's legendary for a couple of reasons. One because of how many people really call to call it one of the worst movies ever made, which I want to bring up and I want to talk about. Mm. Uh, but it also killed the franchise. Like this was one of Warner Brothers strongest performing franchises they had in the 80s and 90s. And this just drove it directly into the ground. Uh, and it wasn't revived again until uh, Christopher Nolan did Batman Begins in 2005. Five. Yeah. So. There's a lot of baggage here outside of the movie itself, right? But I want to talk about just sort of your experiences with it. Did you see it in the theater? Blah, blah, blah. What was your experience with it now? And my, this is your first time on here. So I'm just yeah. sort of curious, like, what's your experience with Batman movies in general, but like with this one? Sure. Uh, well, in general, um, I guess I watched these 90s movies, not right when they came out, but like a couple of years later. Um, I had maybe I was like 12. I remember being 12 and being in Blockbuster and like, oh yeah, maybe that's something that I should get into. So I remember watching <laughs> a bunch of them in a weekend. Uh, and then after Batman and Robin, I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm, <laughs> I'm just done with this. Uh, and then, and then. So, when, so said you and the and world. The yeah. 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 Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then when Christopher Nolan picked it up, uh, then I got really into them. And that for me, those are my Batman movies. Sure. So rewatching it this time. Yeah. What was your experience? Obviously, knowing going into a podcast where we're going to talk about bad sure. movies, like, I don't know. What what did you take away from it this time? Um, So I hadn't watched uh, Batman and Robin, you know, in 20 years or something like that, which feels like a very long time. And uh, when you suggested the movie, I was thinking of uh, Batman Forever. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, OK, I can watch that one. And then uh, <laughs> within, you know, the switcheroo. Yeah. <laughs> when I started watching it and then the first line of the movie comes up, I'm like, oh, no, it's this one. <laughs> <laughs> Which is I need a car. Yep. Chicks dig the car. Yep. This is why Superman works alone. Wow, that was a really good really Clooney good impression. Clooney. You just take all emotion out of your voice. <laughs> That's all you got to do. That's a very good point. Wow. Okay, so I've it was seen basically this movie a lot of times. <laughs> it was basically an oh no moment. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. when you got to the end, like, I mean, honestly, was it a struggle? It was a struggle to get through the movie. I found myself checking my phone a lot, which, if I'm doing that, I know that it's yeah. not a movie I'm interested in. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. It was I also good. was checking my phone a lot mm-hmm. for some different reasons, but. Mm-hmm. One of them, I was constantly going through the filmography of everybody on here, yeah. um, which is kind of impressive. Like, See how close together Kill Bill and Batman and Robin are for Uma Thurman? Uh, mm-hmm. About Kill Bill. five, six years? Yeah. yeah. First huh. Kill Bill? 
uh, Kill Bill was 2003. 2002, three. Yeah. Oh, was it that late? I actually yeah. thought it was clo- closer together. Yeah. Oh, okay. And to be fair, they were filmed at the same time because they're supposed to be one movie. And the um actually, were they really filmed at the same time? Yeah. Yeah, hmm. yeah they were Miramax split them, and right. then so I think he just they re-edited it because it was just this massive. Yeah. Uh, film. Is it just impossible at this point <clears throat> to put them into one movie? How come I they think never they did, did that? at some point? It's got it's called Kill Bill: The Whole Dang Affair or something yeah. like oh. that, or the whole bloody affair. The whole when bloody Blu-rays affair. came out, that they were like, familiar. "We could fit all of that on there." Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Sam. <clears throat> yes. So, I'm gonna probably ask you a lot of questions about comic book stuff. Okay. As it relates to this movie, mm-hmm. um, but when did you first see this? I have no memory of seeing this as a child. I, th- I must have seen it at some point, but I don't think we went to the theater to see it because I think my family was like done with Batman by that point. And I don't remember them really being that much into Batman in the first place. Um, I think with the distant, like with the um, looking back on my life as now that I'm an older man, I- uh, You're so old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think as a kid I really liked Batman. It turns out I think I liked- Batman the Animated Series and everything that came out of that. Oh, yeah. And I've never been That's that into... Shit. Yeah, because it was great. It's like the that and then leading into Justice League and stuff is, in my mind, the most simple and best version of a lot of those characters. Yeah. So the movies I didn't like because even as a kid, I was like a nerd and like, Batman shouldn't kill people. <laughs> I just have never liked that about the movies. Up to the Christopher Nolan movies. Um when he's but, at least trying not to kill people. Yes, he yeah. is indirectly killing people. His car still has guns all over it. So he's like, blow. if you're in a car, you can be murdered by Batman. Um, I mean, he run. there's one part in Batman Begins. It's actually one of my favorite parts from a sound design perspective. It's the, it's the first time you get to see the Batmobile in the chase across the city. Mm-hmm. The sound design there, if you want to experience great sound design, that sequence is amazing. Mm-hmm. But he just flat runs over... A cop car, and if that cop didn't duck his head, he would have been killed. Batman in the Nolan movies is pretty much like, I'm going to do a lot of reckless stuff. <laughs> if you die, it's your fault. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to directly try and kill anyone, but I will do things that endanger many lives. Right, mm-hmm. which is the opposite of... Uh, the Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton straight up murders yeah. a man. Just, Batman Returns. Uh, no, it, it just sticks a bomb to him. He sticks a bomb to a man and throws him down a sewer, <laughs> yeah. and then he explodes. Yep. And definitely has machine guns all over everything. And he owns. bombs and shoots people. <laughs> yeah, he guns. shoots down a whole like he's shooting at a parade. Yeah. in the first film. Yep. But then the the like the cartoon Batman is very stick to his guns about not hurting yeah. anybody and going out of his way not to do anything bad. Uh, so these movies are not a huge part of my childhood. And I think since then I've seen like the super cuts of Mr. Freeze's jokes or like mm-hmm. all the dumb things that happen in this movie and heard a lot of talk about it. We haven't even talked but... about Arnold Schwarzenegger's in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 1997 Arnold Schwarzenegger took a job as Mr. Freeze. And he made like $25 million. He did. <laughs> so, but watching this movie was a huge struggle for me in a way that real bad movies usually aren't uh really yeah at the beginning i was. I expected you to, to i did too yeah so at the beginning i was all in when they did the the um the, montage of them putting their clothes on <laughs> and it shows both of their butts <laughs> like very close up yeah and it just goes on forever and ever they're just like belt gloves grappling hook and that and person like the exact same like ka-ching, ka-ching, yeah. Ka-ching, ka-ching. yeah it's like but nipples, gloves. <laughs> There's no reason to show those though, like because it's funny. Like I think I think 
Schumacher? Yeah, Schumacher, yeah. I think he clearly wanted to make a funny movie, but he didn't make it funny enough for anybody to realize it was supposed to be funny. And uh, also it was just like bad and boring. So my problem came probably after Poison Ivy takes over the party. I think when it gets to Batgirl's subplot where she's like stealing motorcycles and Alfred and Bruce are talking to each other and that is all very boring. And that is when I started looking at my phone, I think. Uh, and I never really regained interest after that. Okay. Yeah. Matt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a very different experience because these movies like were my childhood pretty much, especially the first two. Uh, I mean, look, 89 was a big part of my... Yeah. And to be fair, I was two when that one came out. But I have very clear memories 12. of I had a Bob action figure. <laughs> uh, Who's Bob? That's Joker's henchman. Oh, okay. Yeah. The guy who's in everything. He's just, he's like, he's also just like in every scene of that movie, he like barely has any lines in it. Yeah. If any lines, I'm not thinking about it. No, but he does. His key moment is at the end after Batman ruins that parade. He just, <laughs> he he's like, separate. he goes, Bob, gun. And Bob oh. hands him the really long revolver yeah. and he just shoots Bob in the chest. Right. Uh, Does that man ruin the parade? Yeah. He yeah, ru- cuts all of the But Joker's trying away? to kill everybody yes. at the parade. Yeah. Right. It's not a fun parade. <laughs> okay. It's a murder parade. <laughs> right. right. Um, Name of my band. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's like a uh, My Chemical Romance cover band, I think. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, so I grew up loving that. I was telling Nick the other day, my memories of Batman are largely also the Prince soundtrack for the first movie. And I used to get in trouble when I was like three or four (laughs) for loudly singing Get the Funk Out because it was too (laughs) close to a bad word Uh that my mom wanted me to stop it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I had like the Batman uh, soundtrack cassette. And yeah, I had all of the toys. I loved that era of Batman. I weirdly never got into the animated series. Like mm-hmm. I still have not seen more than a couple episodes <laughs> of it, but this was my Batman. Like mm-hmm. even the Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, like I went as Jim Carrey's Riddler at for Halloween sure, one year with some like orange spray paint <laughs> in my hair. And yeah, these were really like my Batman movies. And I like, uh, as far as history of all Batman movies go, I like, pretty much all of them mm-hmm. uh, up until recent times because then I, uh, Zach, <laughs> Zack Snyder just ruined everything for me. Do Wait. you like or not like Batman Dark Knight Rises? I do not like it that much. Okay. It's definitely my least favorite of those three. Right. But I mean I would watch that ten times before I would watch Justice League again. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah it's I not that bad. Dark Knight Rises is like frustrating. Yeah, because there are elements of really great things in yeah. there. But for at least on this episode, I think all of us were like, "But it just doesn't work. It doesn't come together." Yeah, um, and then it's just long. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my other problems with this movie is that it's so freaking long. This movie is mm-hmm. way too long, and that was my main reaction to it. This time was that like I think I've probably seen this more movie out of the four of us more than any of you guys, mm-hmm. uh, because I do watch it semi regularly. I guess like every few years, I kind of get the the craving to watch all the old Warner Brothers Batman movies uh, and I had like the nice little box set and so I just like throw on 89 Batman and then over that day or the next couple days I'll watch all four of them and that's usually how I watch this movie is like I've just watched the first three and so I'm really in the mood to watch it it was weird how different that makes me feel about it because usually I'm like in the mood to watch it when I watch it oh watching it this week was like 
an assignment. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was a lot less fun than I've had with this movie in the past. Great Gatsby's no fun unless you want to read it. Yeah. See, <laughs> yeah. I was that kid in school. It's like yeah. if you assign me to read a book, no matter what that book is, it's going to be a chore. Yeah. And so that's what this felt like a little bit. Like I had this reaction on the Space Jam episode, too, where I was mm. like, oh, I found it more boring than I usually do because it wasn't a spur of the moment. I'm in the mood to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, yeah, I was checking my phone to see what time it was. And the moment for me that was really the defining moment of this movie's too long and needs some big cuts was the motorcycle race scene uh, because it goes on way too long. It it's so unnecessary. Yep. And it's right at the middle point in the movie. And when I saw Coolio show up on screen, I looked at my phone because <laughs> I was like, how much longer do I have to watch this movie? And I realized it was halfway done. And I was like, Oh no! <laughs> yeah. So I looked up from my phone and went, "Coolio." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I was looking probably down at my phone at that moment because I totally missed that. Yeah, so. he play. He's like the organizer of the street race. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's like collecting all the money and has like three ladies hanging on him. At that point, I don't even know like what are the bad guys doing at that part of the movie. What is anybody like? It also does not paint. Like I have no idea what this world is, what mm-hmm. this Gotham is, because there's a ton of random gangs that are sort of like themed and have like this one's the Neon Gang. This yeah, one, those guys this, are cool. Yeah, that was super creepy. <laughs> uh-huh. But like, I don't know what this world of Gotham is. They don't talk about Gotham in any way uh-huh. beyond like, in oh Gotham, yeah, Batman and Robin protect us. Yeah, that's yeah. all they say is like. But it's like, are they doing a good job? Because there's tons of gang activity. <laughs> Whereas I feel like in the earlier, like, uh, Tim Burton Batmans, there's a lot more about the town and how Gotham itself is doing. Mm-hmm. And even the Nolan ones get into that. So yeah. I feel like I was missing a lot of that feeling when watching it this time. It was like, oh, I know there's, like, two characters who exist in Gotham, and they are the people who are, like, interacting with Batman and Robin all the time. It's like, yeah. Commissioner Gordon exists. There's the weird kind interviewer barely, later. He barely exists. He barely exists, yeah. Yeah, he's there to get seduced so uh-huh. that they can put a Robin signal on the roof. I know, and I feel like part of that is because Batman in this movie doesn't seem like he gives a shit about anything. I think that's all Clooney. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree. Oh, sure. I don't think that's, like, writing. I mean, part of it's all writing, directing, whatever. It all comes together. But Clooney, man, mm-hmm. is just, he's just the same person always. Yeah. Yep. I tried to find, like, for my real good for this, I was trying to find a movie where George Clooney plays, like, an intimidating guy or, like, a bad guy. Something where it was, like, I could see the seeds of what a good Batman could be from uh-huh. George Clooney. And I couldn't find it. Hmm. Like, From Dusk Till Dawn is the closest I got. Yeah. When he's, like, yelling at Quentin Tarantino in that. He's pretty intense. But even then, I'm like, uh-huh. his voice is not a good Batman voice. No, it's That's not. That's true. I had some thoughts on that, but I'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into the whole funny thing. So, look, the 89 Batman was a huge deal to me. Mm -hmm. Like, it was was incredible to watch because all I had seen was the Adam West things. And I... I have a fairly sophisticated sense of humor now. When I was a kid, I did not. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really get the Adam West stuff. To me, it just was silly, and I didn't find silly funny. Yeah. And when we were younger, I feel like there's a lot of propaganda about that show, kind of. Like, people were just like, this show's stupid. Yeah. Totally write it off. But now it's kind of come back around again to where you can look at it and see what they were trying to do with it. Well, and I get it. Yeah, you watch it now, and it's charming. Mm-hmm. I get I get, I totally get it now. Like and I get Genius wh- is the word you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really cool. Yeah. Like, I... I I recently watched something it was just like a, a segment of it for something else and I was just 
like, this is great. Yeah. It's like Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. It's so, but that was all I had. So when I saw that this was coming and I hadn't, I had never read any Batman comic books, but I loved the, the persona Mm -hmm. of Batman. I had posters of Batman and I had like, um, coloring books and stuff like that. So like I was into Batman and this idea of a dark movie, even though that movie is goofy as hell. Mm -hmm. Um, I really liked Michael Keaton in it. I liked Jack Nicholson's take on the Joker because he's really weird and unsettling. And so there was a lot about that movie that I liked. I love the score. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot about that movie that I still, even though I don't think it holds together really well over time, I still, there's a special place in my heart for that. I never liked Batman Returns. Um, It made a, it made Gotham seem like a small town to me. Mm-hmm. Everything felt small. And they had that Everything weird does happen on that one main street. Yeah. And it's, it was weird too. Cause like, instead of they, they used like uh foam instead of snow. So as oh, he's driving yeah. through it, it looks like he's driving through foam. It's weird. So it, I don't know. There was a lot that was bizarre about it. Although I really liked Michelle Pfeiffer and I thought she was good. Um, but, but you it, don't like Danny DeVito in that, right? You don't I don't. Like I, on the I, I also. Oh, you're grossed out by him though, right? I was <laughs> grossed out, but I also started to have this problem with a lot of movie supervillains. Uh-huh. Everything, they were either like chemicals created them or they were mutants yeah. of some sort. And th- those are like the only two options we got. Like everything, it was some sort of radioactive disaster, mm-hmm. no matter where they came from. And and that was one of them where I was like, why, why isn't Max Shrek the Penguin in right. that? Like he's just a businessman who's yeah. shrewd and, yeah. you know, like that, I don't understand, like that frustrated me at, at that age and it kept going in, in some respects. My best friend and I in high school went to see Batman Forever and both loved the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't like the neon stuff. I thought it was too over the top, but like, I, ha- I was just loving anything that Jim Carrey did at the time. And I thought Val Kilmer was the perfect look for Batman. Yeah. He's also a kind of a big guy mm-hmm. um, without being ridiculous, but also um, good looking so he could pull off Bruce Wayne. So I, I don't know. There was a, there was a lot in there that I really liked. Watching it now, don't feel the same. Did you not like Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne? Uh, I liked a lot about Michael Keaton. I thought his Bruce Wayne was a little too goofy, mm-hmm. um, even though he did a good job. Right. Like, But his Batman, his actual Batman is, I think, iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, and he encapsulates a lot of what, he encapsulates a lot of what I was looking for out of Batman, except the murder. Yeah. Um, and then Batman and Robin comes out. Sorry, that was a long history to get us here. <laughs> uh, Batman and Robin comes out. Val Kilmer's not in it, so I was a little disappointed. I knew of George Clooney, but I didn't know much about him. Yeah. And that was weird. I didn't realize this was like one of his first big roles. Yeah. Oh, see, I watched enough <clears throat> ER and Roseanne that I was very familiar with George Clooney's work. Well, <laughs> I knew him. Yeah. I knew of him, and I knew, and I had watched Roseanne, and I had, uh, I knew he was on ER, but I was kind of like, really? He's getting Batman. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I guess Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton got Batman, you know, so I don't know. It, it, it didn't seem like an obvious choice, but then the trailers came out, and I was like, this looks weird. And there is this weird thing that Batman Forever is that total in-between of Batman and Robin and Batman Returns, where it's just still dark enough and weird enough and and lucid enough mm-hmm. to not be a total shit show. I mean the, the if you want to find the common denominator there, the first two <laughs> directed by Tim Burton, the third one produced by Tim yeah. Burton, the fourth one 
No Tim Burton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Two-Face is like a harbinger of what is to come. Yeah, that it's movie. true. Yeah, uh, Two-Face is not good in that movie. Yeah. Um, and so I heard of all the bad reviews. I heard of all of the, uh, this is one of the worst movies ever made. It just killed Batman. And then I watched it a couple of years after it came out. And I couldn't finish it. Like, I was so bored. I was just like, I don't care. Yes, it's it's quote unquote bad. Mm-hmm. But also, I was just bored. And then I tried to watch it again. I thought before this week's viewing, I thought I had seen the whole movie. Whoa. But I was texting <laughs> I was texting Matt like, wait a minute. I have no memory of this. Yeah, you like <laughs> thought it was like a different cut of the yeah, film. You're like, like, is this like what was released? And I'm like, as far as I know, there's only one cut of Batman and Robin. Nobody was like, I'm going to go back and fix this thing. <laughs> we got deleted scenes. Yeah. You know, I as soon as Batgirl suits up. Yeah. I have no memory of the rest of the movie. Oh, weird. That's where basically my memory starts. Of the movie. <laughs> I remember them fighting Poison Ivy, her and Poison Ivy fighting. I remember the beginning of the movie when he sings Mr. Cole Miser, but the middle I have no memory of at all. I remember the middle. I remember the beginning of the middle, and then as soon as they're there, I'm like, I have no memory of this. So when they sell more action figures by adding silver to their suits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have no memory of it at all. So I uh, watching it this time, I'm going to say something bold. (laughs) I don't think this is one of the worst movies ever made. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. I think its problem is that it is a take that no one wanted to see. I don't think the take works or worked anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't think Joel Schumacher did a great job. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't think it's necessarily bad. It's just unlikable, if that makes any sense. Because, like, I feel like it's well shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's uh, some of the actors are in it. Like, Chris O'Donnell is in it, man. I think he does a pretty good job. He captures the corniness of the old 60s Robin very well. Like, there's some kind of earnest corniness to him that is charming. Yeah. I think across both of his films that he's in, yeah, because uh, he's also in Batman Forever, I think he plays a pretty good Robin. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I don't have a problem. I, I never noticeably, like, have a problem with him. I think there's some bad writing for him in this yeah. movie. I think yeah. they try to play him off as a lot younger than he is. Yeah, he's yeah. clearly in his mid-20s. He's so tall. Well, and, yeah. also, like, in the first film, like, in Batman Forever, spoiler alert, <laughs> the Graysons die. Uh, <laughs> oh, no! And, uh, it's Batman feels like he has to, Bruce feels like he has to take him in. Uh-huh. Like, he won't be okay on his own. But he clearly <laughs> looks like, like an adult. He go get a He's an adult at, man on a motorcycle. A he job, can do his yeah. own thing. <laughs> We've gotten a lot better at that over the years in Hollywood of actually casting young people yeah. to play young people. Yeah. You know? Um, so I don't know. I like, to me, I didn't like it. I, this is not the Batman I want to see. But I also didn't I was just bored again like I was watching I was like yeah it's just boring I think Matt you had texted me about like I think I could edit this to be a better movie yeah I'm not saying good (laughs) I'm saying I think there is like an hour 20 minute version of this two hour movie Mm -hmm. that is much more watchable and can take out many of like the not cringy in like an offensive way but cringy in like the corny kind of way of like the, there's a lot of jokes that just miss the mark or moments that are supposed to be funny in this. Like, moments that are very much like, where did that come from? Well, my, one of my, the moment that I like when I was watching where I realized, oh, these things need to be cut to make <laughs> it this work at all is during the last big climactic fight scene at the telescope uh, where like 
this whole thing is collapsing and Mr. Freeze is trying to freeze the entire city and all this stuff. And in the middle of all of this, we have two scientists. Yeah. Oh, I'm who we get so mad at you in a second. <laughs> we keep cutting back to them over and over and over. And all we get is like, oh, no, moments. No, I, and they have the, the best line in the movie. Which is as they're hanging on to the, the the telescope, he screams, "It's just one of those days." I love that so much. It's oh god, where does where, it fit? It doesn't <laughs> fit in this tone mm, of that scene. That is where I, I think feel like it's no. like that is what Gotham is in this movie. It's a place where wherever you work, a supervillain's gonna bust in and push you off of an exploding building, and you're gonna have to hang on for dear life and say it's one of those days. Because for <laughs> these people, that's just what happens in their lives all the time. But see, I wish. That was established. Like I, this is. I think it was with like Gotham Gertie and stuff like that. At the, I think it was established that this place is crazy and there's supervillains all over the place and Batman and Robin are gonna swoop in at the last minute and save you. That's just what Gotham is in this movie. You know what have, what would have helped me feel that way is like a montage at the beginning of them putting away a bunch of like Egghead and like. Smaller villains <laughs> like Mad Hatter right and stuff. to Egghead. All, you started I, with them, Egghead. I wanted of small. All of the small villains, not Mad Hatter. Yeah. Oh, not that was my next one. Calendar Man. Not, not, <laughs> Calendar not what is Mothman? What is Moth? Uh, Killer Moth. There's Killer Moth and then there's uh, Man Bat. That's the one Man I was Bat, thinking. Yes. Oh, Man Bat's way too cool to put in the opening <laughs> montage. Uh, I'm saying, like, show them, like, fighting off these people, like, that they've been at this for a while. Uh, because yeah, like I, I don't feel that way. I feel like the way these movies have been presented to us is there's occasionally these big bads that show up, uh-huh. and it's That's not true. an everyday occurrence. And so I feel mm. like yeah, I think this movie is that weird balance of starting at Tim Burton and trying to get to Adam West. Yeah, and this is like somewhere stuck in the middle of like. Ooh, you're going for campy and fun, but you're still in this sandbox. And you can't really get out of it enough. Yeah. I had a lot of problem with the campiness, I think, of the movie. I, for, because for me, like, Batman... I understand that, like, in the 60s or whatever, that was, like, the tone of Batman. It was, like, super campy. Uh, but I, that's just not what I wanted in a Batman. So it was really a struggle to watch this movie because I wanted brooding, dark uh, uh, Batman who was struggling. And I had, like, no sense of personality of, like, who Batman was in this movie. Zero. Yeah. I would say that, to me, the take works very well. And I think part of that is probably because I've seen episodes of the Batman TV show much more recently than I have seen the old Batman, like the 90s or the 80s Batman movies. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so to me, that Batman is the one that's more forefront in my head, I guess. And I think he, that Schumacher made this movie to kind of be viewable as a continuation of the TV series. So to me, I think I can see that that is the same Gotham, like that's the same Gotham universe. I think somewhere in his head, he was like, this is part of the 60s universe. Okay, but. The other movies weren't. I know, but I don't think he cared anymore. I think that's my biggest issue is like, because I agree with Sam in part that I am totally on board for the campiness. Yeah. I, if this movie wants to be funny and goofy, go for <laughs> it. Like, but give me a clear signal of what I'm supposed to be feeling at right. any point. Because I think you can give him the Batcave with the giant penny and the dinosaur. Yeah. Like, show that there is some sort of history and the lore The Batcave is pretty ridiculous in this movie. No, but that's an interesting point that you bring up because 
I also get no sense of like, all I see is a set designer gone mad. Mm-hmm. I don't see if you made it more like the ridiculous, have a T-Rex in the background well, give it and everything. Some story and I think that's, I guess. For those of us who are confused, in the comic books, <laughs> the the Batcave is was lunacy. Like there is, there's a giant penny. There's a T Rex in the background. It's trophies for, from all of his yeah. old yeah. capers. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He has mementos yeah, yeah. from all of his like super villains yeah. that he. And the two that show up most frequently are the giant penny and the giant robotic dinosaur. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. But this movie does have a giant dinosaur. It does have a giant dinosaur. <laughs> and I think when he goes out two places, like when he goes to the gala ball, that is racist. But it is over the top yeah, of the way. Yeah, that sort of punched me in the face when <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, me and Rachel were just like, oh, come on, Batman. And it does uh, also, like, it Bruce starts Wayne with just, like, close-up of a guy, like, yeah. bongo drumming. You're like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. God. But, but th- those are sets from the old TV show, basically. Like, somebody shoveled a ton of money at the old TV show, and they made, like, this totally overblown version of the real world. But I think it all falls apart when you're hinging it on... Batman and Batgirl specifically in this movie, I think are too boring to rise to the level that everybody else is operating at. I also don't think it's Batman. It's not really a comedy. Mm, Like there are moments that they're trying to be funny, Mm -hmm. but it's not overall written like a comedy in the way that the 60s show was. Everyone in the 60s show is working together in a way where they all know what they're doing. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they all Mm -hmm. know that like, very good point this may sound super corny and cheesy but it's tongue in cheek and we know why we're making this choice yeah whereas like in this certain people are playing it straight other Mm -hmm. people are playing it like campy and then George Clooney is just doing nothing doing nothing my biggest gripe with this movie is George Clooney honestly yeah Yeah. about apart from everything else I demand that if you're gonna take a paycheck you show the fuck up Mm -hmm. can I say though this is I will defend him as Bruce Wayne because I think he is like the ideal perfect idea like if you need someone who can play like charming billionaire eternal bachelor uh who's gonna play that I think Mm. I think nowadays or just in the recent past Older George Clooney would have been perfect Bruce Wayne. I don't think young George Clooney is perfect Bruce Wayne, though. See, I, I, His I, head's I, too small. <laughs> He's got a very small head. I like him way more as Bruce Wayne than I like Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne. Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne is a... Again, it's so weird that, like, they're all in the same universe, and yet this is the thing. very different actors playing mm-hmm. Batman because there are scenes where Val Kilmer works really well as like a different Batman. He's a very like smart, nerdy Batman, mm-hmm. which I think is that's the Batman I want. Yeah, I want the master detective Batman. Mm-hmm. Well, he's also like clearly sorry, world's greatest detective. He's mm-hmm. very like much in charge of Wayne Enterprises. He is an like an inventor at heart sort of guy in that movie. Like he hmm. feels like he is actually in charge of Wayne Enterprises and makes big decisions when it comes to like science related things whereas that sounds good in a lot of other movies he just is like the money man who's like raised and is like hey take care of that for me yeah where he's actively stupid in the batman begins trilogy i think like he's just a dumb guy yeah like he's a rich kid with money who like lets other people solve his problems mm-hmm. yeah and i think batman forever is maybe the only one that shows him at work hmm. in any real way <laughs> um but I, in most other scenes and it's mostly with writing again, like 
there are moments that make me hate Val Kilmer as Batman and Bruce Wayne. Oh, the moment in the circus. That's the one. Yeah, the, the <laughs> That's moment the in the circus. worst thing in any Batman uh, movie ever. It is. It's it's really terrible. And I remember even in the theater, even though I was enjoying the movie, going, what? For what those happens? that don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's act it out. Try not to get too riled up here. <laughs> in Batman Forever, Harvey Dent, Two-Face, goes to the circus and is holding everyone there hostage with a giant cartoon bomb. Yep. And is it like a, bo- a round bomb with yep. a big wick? It's got a big timer <laughs> cool. on it. Cool, okay. Uh, like a big digital clock on the oh, side. Oh, it should have had a wick. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that it has a wick. Uh, but it. I don't exactly remember his his demands, but he has this giant bomb, and he basically is saying that, like, I'm going to kill everyone here unless Batman shows up. Unless Batman, like, comes here and reveals himself. Yeah. And everyone starts screaming and freaking out and standing up and, oh, my God, everything's awful. And in the middle of that, Val Kilmer's Bruce Wayne stands up next to dozens and dozens of people and just starts screaming, Harvey, I'm Batman. Harvey. (laughs) Harvey. (laughs) Like, he's trying to really get Two-Face's attention to tell him that he is Batman without a second's hesitation. Like, he does not leap into form and be like, oh, Alfred, get my suit. I got to get him. He does that a little bit later once yelling doesn't work. How long does he have? I I don't remember. It was something ridiculous. This is the thing, though. When you create (laughs) someone like Batman, I've heard this said many, many times with all of the faults of a lot of the movies that I've... And one of the reasons I like the Christopher Nolan movies is they paint him as a human being Mm -hmm. very well. Mm -hmm. And 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 that's the thing that I always liked about uh, Christian Bale's Batman was that he is a tank. Like, he is going to hurt himself to be able to do what he thinks is right. Mm-hmm. Like, I can then at least identify with that and say that I can see Batman doing that. And I like those Batman movies to me are sort of like what ifs. Like, I, was it DC or... Uh, Marvel was what if. Yeah. DC is... Well, they had like uh, Gotham by Gaslight and stuff like yeah, that. But Elseworlds. Elseworlds. This is like mm-hmm. an Elseworld where you went, what if Batman was real? Mm-hmm. And that to me is more of the Christopher Nolan thing. And so yeah. that's why I admire those. My problem with so many of the Batmans is he gets caught in some of these weird situations like you're talking about and then does something incredibly stupid. And every Batman fan in the audience is going, He's fucking Batman. <laughs> yeah. what? And it even happened in, in The Dark Knight Rises where he gets his pocket picked. Uh-huh. And everybody's like, fucking Batman. What are you- <laughs> Didn't he know and put a tracker on the pearls, though, or is that different? That's different. Oh, she gets his, his car. Yeah. <laughs> she steals his car. Right. Which is- At the dance. Look, yeah. I'm willing to let that one go because Anne Hathaway's Catwoman is awesome. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. a master. But, but it was still, you have those moments like, fucking Batman. What are you doing? <laughs> and this is one of those prime moments where you're like, but I don't even feel like this person that George Clooney is playing is Batman. I don't feel like anyone in this movie is anything. No. Like, no one has any story beyond the exact words you hear them say to you. Like, no one... The most backstory in this entire movie is Mr. Freeze. Nah, it's Alfred. Oh, God. Yes, but his makes no sense. Oh, that's a good point. (laughs) Alfred's backstory in this movie is, oh, he suddenly has a sister. Oh, who has a daughter? Oh, who is Batgirl? Oh, he has a brother brother he cares about. Wilfred. Which, who... Why is he trying to find Wilfred? To give... Because Wilfred needs to be the new Alfred. That's what I thought, but But that never goes Why is Alfred making that choice? (laughs) 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 Alfred should be like, hey, billionaire Bruce Wayne, can you help me find my brother? I want him to be the new guy because I'm dying. And he uploaded his brain into the computer. He could have still been Alfred from the computer. (laughs) 
Oh yeah, that Max Headroom. Yeah, <laughs> it's very really cool. Weird. I like it a lot. <laughs> but like, yeah, you don't need Wilfred. No, he doesn't want to be Alfred. He's riding elephants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we can end the podcast there. <laughs> <laughs> He's riding elephants. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, like Mr. Freeze's backstory, I have a lot of problems with. Uh, the way it's presented in the movie, but he's the only one who gets any sort of interesting story to his character. Uh, I would also argue that he's not good in the movie. Schwarzenegger is a good movie star. He's not a good actor, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is life there in him yeah. that is not there in a lot of other... He and Uma got what was going on. I Uma drove me crazy. I liked her in this. Once she turned into Poison I Ivy, don't understand I why she came up with this voice for I, the whole thing. I, she's like an old-timey... I thought it was funny. Where did that come sense. from? She's a dorky lady who's trying to be cool and sexy now. That's what it is, maybe. You think? I don't I don't I don't I don't, I don't I, no. I feel like it's supposed to be a new personality. I don't feel like uh, it's I think that other really? person is dead. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. Right? Yeah. Like she But she turns back into her to talk to Bruce Wayne. No, that's it. She's putting on Yeah. She's putting on airs. Hmm. I don't know if that's the right expression. I don't think it is. Okay. <laughs> right. Putting on I think putting on airs is like pretending to be fancier than you are. She oh, was she's doing the opposite. On... Yeah. Uh, she's taking yeah. off airs. She's taking <laughs> off some airs. <laughs> I just remember that the one of the first scenes we haven't talked about yet, but as far as like the cartoony and the campy, like Mr. Freeze tries to shoot them into space. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the heck's like, going on. He traps he's on them. that thing too, isn't he? Yeah, to... he like has like a rocket capsule that comes out of his car, uh-huh. <laughs> and he traps Batman in it and shoots him into space. Yeah, and then Robin pulls a Spider-Man from Infinity War and grabs mm. onto the outside. Oh, yeah, they copied. <laughs> and then they like he just his plan is to shoot Batman and Robin into space, which is not a bad plan. well at least Batman. No. It, it almost it, works. It is yeah. weird though. Like it, it goes. It's like so complicated. Like the Joker's plans in the Dark Knight were complicated uh-huh. and probably don't make sense if you really stop to think about him. Like, there's no way that could have been. But he's so, he's played by such a smart actor that you're like, yeah, OK, I'm sure he figured that out. But so Mr. Freeze's plan is to shoot Batman up into space and mm-hmm. then parachute back down. And somehow the rocket exploding will kill thousands of I people didn't in Gotham, understand which I didn't that. quite catch. I, I'm wondering if it was supposed to go high enough that Batman froze to death and then, go yeah. back and then plummet back down to Earth. Oh, and then be like a bomb. bomb? Essentially, like this large craft just crashes. But even like, that's a pretty small spaceship. Yeah, it's not going to leave a big impact. I, yeah, I don't. Anything like that. I, yeah, it wasn't very clear. Yeah. But, okay, I will give you that some bad writing. Yeah. Yeah. It was also This like, movie might have had some bad writing. In yeah. It. Did we, it? <laughs> we can help decide. Is that, is that a vote? We officially vote this movie had bad writing? Oh yeah, yeah I'll, okay. I'll do that. I do have to. I have to ask Sam about the uh, portrayal of Bane. Oh yeah, oh, you can ask movie. me about that too because yeah. that that's the only stretch of Batman I read was the Bane stuff. So Bane uh-huh. is supposed to be like one of the smartest yeah. Batman <laughs> villains of all time, yeah, right? Yeah. Bane yeah. and Batman in Dark Knight Rising is basically like comic book Bane. He just has all the angles figured out and he knows how to defeat Batman, and that's it. And in this, he is monosyllabic uh-huh. and, and he wears a trench coat bomb. and a hat the whole time. <laughs> bomb. Bomb. Oh, the, the, so the, the photo of them getting off the plane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I went to the Warner Brothers studio tour when I was in LA this summer and they have that photo on display because they have like a Batman <laughs> room. Sweet. They just have That's a Batman awesome. room with like a bunch of props and they have that photo and I was like, Oh, this is the best thing so cool. ever because it's just Bane in a trench coat. He looks like Raphael in Ninja yep. Turtles yeah. <laughs> trying to be sneaky. 
But yeah, how do you feel about Wrestler Bane? I don't care i guess i had a hard time getting worked up about it because i mean he was supposed he was inspired by luchadors right yeah he's yeah. he's like a south american dude who was born in a prison and i i don't know what i think about it it's so pointless and nothing that there's almost nothing to think about it and it would have been worse if they had tried to make him like another third major part of the movie yeah so it feels more like they dodged a bullet than anything i guess there had been a call to have the nightfall thing happened nightfall had happened only a couple of years before that mm-hmm. and there had been a call to to have that happen people wanted to see bane and i think that it was sort of like what happened with venom in spider-man 3 <laughs> yes yeah very similar it's like i just put bane in there yeah um, don't forget all about his character yeah and <laughs> yeah. it's weird too because when i first saw it i was like oh shit they're gonna do bane and then I was like, "Oh no, they're not doing. It. They're, they're 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 they've put a character in there and they've plastered the name Bane. They put the costume mm-hmm. on a different yeah. person. And then you yeah. know they put the venom in him and everything. But it's not how it works in the movies or or sorry in the comic books. I mean, it is kinda, but he doesn't turn green. kind of. He's green by the end of the movie for some reason. But oh, you man. can also easily defeat him by pulling out a cord from the back of his head. Oh, I, I mean, think that's, that's true. How you always yeah. defeat Bane, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you can I, defeat Bane in the other movie just by knocking his gas mask just off, punching him in the face hard enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah." I yeah, I I'm sort of like yeah, I was like ah whatever. It's I think I'm too old to get worked up about that stuff anymore, really. <laughs> and it's like it's just not worth it. If they were try if the movie was centered around Bane, I think it would have been more like he's a if he was a big lug and the movie he was the main bad guy, then it would have been like what's the point of why are you doing this? But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's weird. Like I get. I was a little more sad that they didn't cast South American mm. and make Bane a South American in uh, Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. But Tom Hardy did what he did. He's fucking amazing, you I mean? I disagree <laughs> with you, sir. He's so good in that. Movie. I think uh, Bane just, is great. I think the movie's not great. I <laughs> don't like. I could. I could understand him. Oh, that's fine. I and, think. I think uh, it's funny that you can't understand. Oh, that was the other thing. Uh, the, the was when um, can't understand this Bane. <laughs> when Bane. <laughs> bomb, bomb. Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he has one. Uh, oh, he did. I, there was one line, line where he <laughs> see like he parrots something ridiculous, and I can't. I can't remember what it is, but somebody says something and he, I like, you can feel it coming that he's going to repeat them. Yeah. Or what about when he, when they're at the dance and Poison Ivy's dressed like a gorilla and she does her sexy gorilla dance. And then at the end of the scene, he like sidles up and like takes <laughs> off his gorilla suit. <laughs> when he sidles up, he waits a second too. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, is that Bane? <laughs> and then he takes the hat off and there's this Bane. <laughs> so he's kind of charming, I guess, in a way. I don't know. I, I He I, was like the big, dumb, like helper guy that like he was a good if he wasn't supposed to be a character that we're supposed to know from comics yeah he works perfectly for what he is totally. absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i was like very when when they when it was revealed that it was bane i'm like oh no it's <laughs> this guy uh it completely like destroyed like the character for me so yeah if he'd have been a nameless like it, yeah. it just hadn't been bane. they made him look a little bit like bane but they didn't call him that that would have been, I think, an improvement. But yeah. still, though, I did find him charming. He was funny. And I did laugh, like, legitimately at a couple of his... Yeah, I can't remember what he says at one point. He's like, yeah. time gas or something like that. <laughs> it has to do with it is getting something... in the car. It's like, time to go to leave. I don't know, but... <laughs> it's kind of like Animal from the Muppets a yeah. little bit. Like, yeah. he just, like, globs onto one word from what you said and repeats it. <laughs> yep. And I love that. Yeah. I, so... So, yeah, like, I, I don't know. It's a weird movie. It's not what I would call good. 
it has some things in it that are interesting. I think my big problem is I can't separate it out from the three movies that come before it. Mm -hmm. And if it's like, if you're in that same universe, it it so doesn't fit the rest of the universe. My real good is going to talk a little bit about this and how you can do this. Well, you can do it, but it's like, it's a challenging thing to do. And I don't know. I don't know if they didn't care. Because Joel Schumacher's made some very good films, mm-hmm. some films that I really like. I think Lost Boys is a really good film. I was trying to remember a good Joel Schumacher film. <laughs> um, I actually really like Flatliners. I think uh, Flatliners is a pretty good film. I mean, sure. he wrote The Wiz, and I enjoy The Wiz. The Wiz is interesting. It's fine. Like I haven't seen it since I was very young. Yeah, but, me either. But like, he can hold his own. Yeah, he's yeah. not a bad director. It's just I don't like this take mm-hmm. so much. Who wrote it? Nobody. Uh, uh, some. It's a guy. Oh God, he's yeah. uh, gold, golden. Go- Akiva Goldsman. Goldsman. Yeah. Akiva oh. Goldsman. He wrote a bunch of stuff. A bunch he, of stuff. Yeah, like uh, he won the Oscar, I think, for uh, Cinderella Man. Yeah, he oh. did a Beautiful Mind. Or maybe a Beautiful Mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some, he he also did Cinderella Man. I, he's worked a lot with Ron Howard. Sure. Um, and so I, I don't. It's weird, right? Like I feel like the problem. A lot of the problem is the script and George Clooney. And less, to me at least, how the movie looks and is directed. I think the story is just boring, and like the the a huge emotional crux of the movie is Batman and Robin fighting over poison ivy or something. And that scene that that was also one of my biggest issues with this film is like one, there's no tension anywhere in the yeah. entire film. There is no mystery. There is no tension. Like. Everything is figured out immediately. Or it's there's no tension to the point where you're confused about what each character's position is on anything. Because, like, Robin gets jealous. Like, they get jealous of each other of, like, who Poison Ivy actually loves because uh-huh. they've got her, like, love potion sprayed on them. And Batman wises up faster and is like, oh, she's tricked you, dick. Like... Thankfully, yeah, I like. Thankfully, <laughs> Batman yeah. had that one moment where he was like, "I'm the world's greatest detective." Yeah, something's weird. <laughs> something's <laughs> weird here. She smells funny. Um, <laughs> and w- there's that moment where like he gets upset be- because like Batman doesn't believe that Poison Ivy actually could love him. Uh-huh. And then Poison Ivy builds a Robin signal to mm-hmm. get his attention to attract him. That's so much work. But and why is she doing anything? Why? And also, why does the tension between Batman and Robin last five minutes? It lasts five minutes, like two different times in the That's movie. That's the mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. It's they, they hit the same beat twice uh-huh. with nothing different. Yeah. And they forget about it in between when they meet Bat Batgirl. They're yeah. like, Oh hey Batgirl. Yeah. We were fighting earlier. We're yeah. not fighting right now. I also like we'll fight again later. There's probably good reason we haven't talked about Batgirl much at all. Mm-hmm. Because she's does it do not much of a character. This feels yeah. a lot like Spider-Man Three. Now that you mention it, of like <laughs> shove as many ideas as possible into that movie. We need another Bat person. We need more villains. We need an Alfred storyline for some reason. Like yeah, there's a new so weird much love shoved. interest that maybe isn't a love interest. Why is El McPherson in here? Well, Why you always have to have the random like blonde <laughs> that they put with Bruce Wayne? That but, happens at all. No, of them. <laughs> but like Vicky Vale had a purpose. She was a very good character. Selena Kyle had a purpose. Yes. Uh, uh, Chase Meridian. Okay, you have a very good point now that I'm realizing. This (laughs) one, like, she's just there. She just shows up. Chase Meridian's such a bad name. No, I was about to say it's a really cool name. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, they all had a plot 
reason for being around other than saying, like, we're going to get married someday. <laughs> she doesn't do anything. Well, wasn't it by the time that this movie came around, there was a lot of hype for, like, the Batman franchise and everybody wanted to be in it? So it's like, let's pull in Arnie. Let's pull in, I don't know, she's... She's pretty and well-known and good. I mean, I guess this would have been about the time she was doing her stint on Friends. Mm. Yeah. Um, so maybe she was really trying to get her acting. I, I don't understand why the character's in there. Oh, sure, yeah. That, like, but Elle McPherson's fine. I, I have no problem with Elle McPherson. I just, like, why is that? I don't even know what her name is. Mm. Oh, that's a good mm. question. Gossip Gertie says it at one point. But gossip Gertie. Let's talk about <laughs> Gossip Gertie. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think she's cool. <laughs> Sam, out. Sam like specifically <laughs> messaged me about her. Uh, that it's okay, she's, moving on. She's cool. I can't. <laughs> I can't deal with you right now. No, she's part of like what makes the Batman sixty six vibe work with it. There would totally be a random character like that, and and even Batman and Robin being jealous of each other with Poison Ivy liking her, I think with some tweaks and if the movie was a lot shorter, it could have felt like the two-parter episodes that the Batman TV show used to be. Like, oh, yeah. That would be something they oh, would be mad at each other There's about. absolutely, I'm, there's probably episodes where like they're fighting over Catwoman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or something like that. It's gotta and, be. Yeah. Somebody sprays somebody with a love potion and they get mad at each other. I'm sure yeah. that has happened. Yeah. But they I, made absolutely. it last two it, hours long. Oh. And... <sighs> And again, you can make the, it's this, this problem I have with just repeating the same beat over and over. That's like, we got it. You, <laughs> you two got poison ivied and now you're, you know, and, and Bruce Wayne's figured it out and Robin hasn't great. Cut the next five scenes. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't, uh, yeah, that I'm beginning to agree with Matt that I think a re-edit of this might've even been like cutting this down to an hour and a half. Like you could cut. A half hour of footage. You can cut that whole motorcycle scene, and that's like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to see it. You just need to see her dragging the motorcycle out and coming back all dirty. Yep. And then we're like, oh, she's not the nice schoolgirl we thought she was. Uh-huh. I like Alicia Silverstone. I just don't think there was anything there. I think I was reading uh, an article, uh, like, made, uh, written years after the movie was, was uh, put out, and the filmmakers were saying that, oh, we needed to have a scene where we could show Alicia Silverstone doing something like badass and cool and, you know, uh, basically show she's not like that innocent schoolgirl that we know. So they came up with this like random scene specifically for that purpose. Um, it's such an expensive scene yeah. to explain that such a simple thing. <laughs> yeah. Like you do that a little bit in uh, Batman Forever, like Robin gets that where like we've seen him be like a gymnast but we don't like see much beyond like some trapeze things mm-hmm. yeah but there's a scene in that where like uh when he's like discovering the bat cave for the first time is like bruce kind of intentionally lets the door close really slowly mm-hmm. and uh dick is up on like a second floor thing and he does this like cool flip thing down the stairs and like does all these really cool like actiony moves that shows like oh he's got like what it takes to be a sidekick mm-hmm. and like shows that he's an asset to this team whereas like all we have learned about Barbara is that she can ride a motorcycle mm-hmm. and then now she's Batgirl <laughs> yeah. like, is she, she Barbara can... Pennyworth I don't know if her last name is Pennyworth probably not it's not Gordon because Peg got remarried Gordon. I'm guessing yeah Peg or got remarried Peg got married so her name would be the same as Alfred's probably kind of I don't know why she needed to be Alfred's niece well, they originally in the trivia it said they wanted to make her Commissioner Gordon's daughter. But That's who like, she is. Right, right, but right, he was. But too I'm saying, old. like in this, they were like Pat Hingle's too old. Too old. 
So Pat Hingle couldn't believably be Alicia Silverstone's. He could have been. Dad. She could have been his great niece or something. Yeah, you could make it, make her related to Commissioner Gordon at least. Yeah. <laughs> she could still be Barbara Gordon. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They could have shown her hacking something well instead of just trying to guess a password like twelve times. <laughs> well, yes. Also at the end, like yeah, and also like she didn't. There's, I forgot about. There's that. no effort in that scene. She <laughs> no. just tries like twelve things, and then <laughs> yeah. one of them works. But at the very end, they show a little bit of that yeah. because uh, they say something like a thing like this would take a computer genius. And Dick Grayson's like, "I got this," <laughs> and then she's like, "I'll help." And then he's no, like, she's like, "No, I got this." Well, but that's it's true though because he looks at the computer monitor and like something was broken, so it was upside down. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "We'll have to do it backwards," and she like goes boop boop boop, and it flips, and she's mm-hmm. like. Men always doing things the difficult way. Yeah. yeah, which I'm like, okay, she has some cute computer prowess, but show us something earlier in the film that hints at that. Yeah, is Dick a computer genius? I don't think it's ever been established. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, like in the '60s, they were just good at everything. There's a prerequisite: you have to be very good at a lot of things to be a Batman affiliate. Yeah, but computer genius, I don't know. You know what? Here's something nice I'll say about the movie. I like the design of of Robin and even Batgirl's costumes. Hmm. Like, I like that they went more with, with the Nightwing. Nah, the nipples can come <laughs> or go. I don't care. But, like, they went with the Nightwing logo. Yeah. And I think that looks cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there were some things that... I don't know. It does somehow manage to pull off Robin, which is a completely absurd <laughs> thing on the face in an, of it. In an absurd world, <laughs> the Robin well, is one of the more absurd things. I think it's yeah. because they lean more towards Nightwing than Robin. Yeah. What do they do in the first one that he's in? I mean, the first one, it uh-huh. jumps straight to this kind of Robin. Like, okay. he yeah. has his... The closest thing he has to the traditional Robin outfit is when he's in the circus. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the Grayson's outfits are basically that. He is more red in the in the first one, though, right? I I believe so. Okay, uh, but yeah, I don't think they. Uh, yeah, I'm not quite remembering his suit. I'm not one. either. I, I just yeah. I remember once he got it, thinking, "Oh, that's interesting," because yeah. it was because I remember the comic book one is like, "Ugh." <laughs> yeah. um, but then, like, yeah. I don't, man, comic book artists got their shit together and made Robin and Nightwing have some cool ass outfits. Yeah, like the is it Damian Wayne who has the hood? Yeah, he looks cool. Yeah, that's, yeah, he that's the coolest cool. looking Robin I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So there's that, and then like uh, Tim Drake also looks good. Like they they do a good job in yeah. the comics now. Just for a while, it was like, what are you guys doing? Hmm. Well. I think there's something to say for like the graphic design of the classic superhero outfits that doesn't really exist anymore. Oh, it's like true. taking away Superman's underwear makes him just look very strange and crotch heavy. <laughs> it's weird taking the thing away from the crotch makes you focus more on the crotch. Uh huh. Because he's just a big slick. <laughs> That's a lesson out there for belly. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, now like, what's talking the name about of the... Robin so much? I want a Carrie Kelly Robin movie. Oh yeah. 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 yeah it's kind of weird that. Batman, the Lego Batman movie made that Robin look like Carrie Kelly, but was not Carrie Kelly. That's so really weird. That. I mean, Carrie Kelly has only been in The Dark Knight Returns, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the sequel, whatever. Well, the sequel, but yeah. yeah, but only in that timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a rumor that, um, oh God, what is her name? Oh, I remember this. Yep. Somebody who was cast in The Dark Knight Rises, but then their, her no, scenes no, were No, 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 no. Uh, that also Batman, I know you're Superman. talking about. Oh. She was supposed to be in both that and- 
Carrie Kelly was rumored to be in Bat- Dark Knight Rises yes. also. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Didn't know that. Just basically, whenever a movie casts like a woman a with woman. like short red hair, they're like, oh, she must be playing Carrie <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Was it Bryce Dow- Dallas Howard? No, that's Spider-Man. Uh, hmm. What? I almost said, who's Spider-Man? <laughs> 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 I know who Spider-Man is. No, no, no. Um, it was the, the woman who ended up being uh, Catwoman's... Um, oh, her friend Holly or something. Yeah, like that. her lover or friend or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, that I think is the one that people were thinking. Where's, but yeah, then okay. no, there Jenna Malone. So mm-hmm. yes, yeah, she was the one who was cast in Batman Superman. Yeah, and everyone was like, she must be Carrie Kelly. Who was she? She, she was, was a nobody. Yeah, uh-huh. she she had one scene that got cut, wasn't in the theatrical cut, but it showed up in the freaking eight hour long extended edition <laughs> where she just tells uh, Lois Lane something. Like, why do you have Jenna Malone doing this? What in the name of... Okay, well, we got to move on. Yeah. I think we've talked about this a little bit, but we need to focus. Like, how do you fix Batman and Robin? I don't think you can fix it culturally. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this take is a little broken for 1997. Especially with oh, things like yeah. Spawn coming out. Spawn is terrible, but it's still like... It was trying to go dark. Everything was trying to go darker at that point. Mm-hmm. And then you come out with this. Also, Sam, I have a question for you. Yes. Do you like the movie Speed Racer? I love the movie Speed Racer. Aha. Uh-huh. We see our differences. <laughs> <laughs> this, That's legitimately one of my favorite movies. This movie reminds me a lot of Speed Racer. Okay. Mm. It, it's too garish for me. Oh. But Speed Racer makes that work for it, I think. Like, uh, not for me. I, so I also... <laughs> I love that movie so much. I also don't mind that about Batman and Robin at all. Yeah. Like, I, that's the, like, that is the furthest thing that bugs me about this movie. Like, the neon yeah. gang that Poison Ivy defeats is one of the coolest looking things yes. in this movie. The and non- I wish that guy was, like, a main character. Yeah. The non-garish things about this movie are the parts that I do not like. I guess garish is the wrong word. It, it's like having things like the way the cars move, mm-hmm. the way the action happens, all just feel so cartoony mm-hmm. that it doesn't connect <clears throat> for me at all. Uh, especially in a in a Batman I don't know yeah. anyway but Sam mm-hmm. would you fix this I think that you don't even yes I think you could fix this with a different Batman or you make it now with George Clooney older when people are a little bit more tolerant of goofiness in your superhero movies or I think there's a big change you could make where in the in the 60s Batman Batgirl had this whole like two season long story arc where they didn't know who she was and she just kept showing up at crimes to like help them and get them out of jams and she had a motorcycle and she was really cool she was like kind of cooler than both of them and I think if they had leaned into that Batgirl where like they're fighting Mr. Freeze and maybe they're in trouble and she shows up and she totally kicks ass (laughs) and they're trying to figure out who she is the whole time I think that would have been a cool subplot to weave through it and a like a useful, like a good use of somebody like Alicia Silverstone who could probably be like, Ooh, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not Batgirl. And then be really cool at the same time. Yeah. So I think just retooling her would make, would at least give it an interesting through line. That'd be so much better than what actually happens. Which which is is nothing. She shows up and immediately goes, Bruce, it's me, Barbara. (laughs) He's like, Oh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, fucking Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know which part you're talking about. Yeah. Like, because she that walks up like, and he's like confused by her. He's like, who I are feel you? Like, I feel like she says, Bruce, it's me, Batman. And he's like, yeah, I fucking know. 
<laughs> well, he says also he's like, that's not very PC. Should it just be Batwoman or Batperson? I just wanted to punch him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. Like, no, I told you my name. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and I think just imp- like inflating her role would be enough. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger and Poison Ivy Lady. Uma Thurman. <laughs> <laughs> are both perfectly fine in it, but you got to get rid of uh, of George Clooney. I think that would go miles. You have to have somebody who's willing to play along. And he just seemed mad the whole time. And in the interviews, yeah. he's just is like, this movie sucked. I didn't like making it. And when it was over, I said, oh, that movie sucked. So, you know what? What? A, and that's a dick thing to do. Yeah. That is a really, somebody has, uh, and he even says, actually in other interviews, he said, but that movie opened Hollywood up to me. Totally. And it's like, well, you motherfucker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put, you, we paid you. Yeah. Maybe you let Chris O'Donnell be Batman. Maybe Batman's a dead, and he's Batman. Batman's now. a dead, <laughs> <laughs> and Robin's Batman. So you have at least somebody who's having a little bit of fun as Batman. Oh man, I uh, yeah, that that could work. Hmm. I like I like Chris O'Donnell actually. Yeah, I liked him in this a lot. Uh, surprising yeah. to me. Oh, but okay. So George Clooney older. I do think there's a version of him as Batman that could work, and maybe it leans into like his Ocean's Eleven kind of like cool operator thing. Where he's like the Outsiders is this superhero group that Batman puts together of like weirdos on the outskirts who he's kind of worried might turn into supervillains. And he whips them into shape and turns them into like a fighting force that can work together. So I think a version of that where he's like the mentor and he's like metamorpho. You got to be you got to calm down. Slow your roll. I think that would maybe work like an old George Clooney. I love that. Yeah. I I can see it. I want that movie. I also want the. old Michael Keaton Dark Knight Returns movie. That would really be very bad. cool too. Yeah. <laughs> like I want, and there's like, there was a, a comic that, I, I think they ended up bailing on the idea, but there was supposed to be a comic that was coming out mm-hmm. as like a continuation of the Michael Keaton Batman story. Whoa. Uh, and that's what I, I want them to like randomly just drop a new Tim Burton directed like Dark Knight Returns starring Michael Keaton. I would go see a Tim Burton movie again if that happened. Yeah, no kidding, right? Like, <laughs> I, if, uh, Anytime I see a directed by Tim Burton, oh, never mind. If he did a Pee-wee or a Batman, I'd go see a Pee-wee or a Batman. Oh, Bob Beetlejuice. Oh, I'd see a Beetlejuice, I'd see Beetlejuice, too. yeah. Any Michael Keaton joint, I would go see. <laughs> Matt, how would you fix this? Ooh, before I answer that, I do have to ask Sam, would Ernest make this film better? I've been thinking about that. I don't think he Ernest has any place in this film, unfortunately. Uh, he could be Bane. <laughs> that would be very funny. <laughs> Just could the you voice imagine? of Bane. Yeah. <laughs> no, could you imagine him being the little guy they haul yeah. in? Yeah. And he's like, ha! <laughs> <laughs> he's like the Steve Rogers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, would Ernest fix this? I don't think, I don't what know. What if he played play the evil scientist? Oh, that would be very good. Okay. I well, like now, that. wait a minute. Are we saying Jim Varney or oh. are we saying Ernest? <laughs> oh, um, Usually Jim Varney. Ernest. Yeah. Yeah. Ernest, as a character, I don't think has any place in this. Yeah. That would be very strange. Just to be oh, clear, know? we're talking Ernest, like Ernest goes to camp Ernest? Yep. Yeah, Ernest yeah. P. Worrell. Great. Yeah. yeah. Great. Um, this is Sam's, part of Sam's how we fix it is now to ask. <laughs> it was supposed to just be for Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've, t- we've t- taken it global. <laughs> it's too fun to keep it in Christmas. <laughs> for some reason, I was thinking about this. I mean, I've been thinking about this all since I saw the movie, if Ernest would fix it or not. And I was thinking of him as like the mayor of Gotham. But that's Jim Jim Varney, Jim Varney too. Jim Varney, Jim Varney yeah. would be fine in this movie, but not Ernest. I think Batman's neighbor, Ernest. 
<laughs> that would be funny. Just too. a modest small home next door to Wayne Manor. <laughs> yeah. You find out that oh. he's been calling Bruce Wayne Vern. The whole time. <laughs> no, he should be like the the groundskeeper. And he's weed whacking, and he finds a bat cave. <laughs> Ernest should be the ground because they had like the groundskeeper in the old uh, like I think in the Adam West ones. There's like. Is it Alfred who does like the groundskeeping or something like that? I think Alfred does everything, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of doing everything. But I know there's definitely like scenes of him gardening and stuff. Uh-huh. But I want Ernest as like the groundskeeper for Wayne Manor and just like weird stuff starts happening. <laughs> oh, that would be so good. Make like a flamethrower come out of the ground or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, howdy. Yeah. I just love uh, Jim Varney's scream. I wish I could do it, but he doesn't. <laughs> you know, as he does things. It's so great. Yeah. So that's one way I would fix it. Yeah. <laughs> make, make Ernest the uh, groundskeeper. Just random cutaways to Ernest. I mean, yes. if you're going for comedy. <laughs> I also want a random cutaway of Alicia Silverstone after, after she gets the, the lead to the Batcave and her uncle pops up on the screen's like, here's how to be Batgirl. <laughs> I want her sitting for 10 minutes, on no cuts in this scene, her trying to come up with a cool name. <laughs> like, I want her, like, she doesn't get the name Batgirl given to her. She sits, she's like, sorry, so Lady Bat. Um, woman of bat, uh, bat <laughs> woman. Like I want to just like I want a brainstorming session to give like, her some sort of character. I like Lady Bat. Yeah, right. That <laughs> yeah. work. Yeah. I'd like her to keep coming back to Bat Girl and going. She's yeah. like, Bat Girl. No, no. Like That's... maybe if I write it down, it'll look cool. <laughs> um, night woman. Night yeah. nightmare. Night Robinette. Night uh, night woman. Night woman. Of the night. woman. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do that. Night, uh, bat Girl. No. See, this is good stuff. Put yeah. this in. Uh, yeah. I think you got to lean one direction or the other. I think it doesn't feel like it's part of the uh, Tim Burton averse because it's not that dark. It's, there's not creepy things in here. There's not even really good goons in mm-hmm. this movie. Like, no, Mr. the goons are useless. Mr. Freeze's goons just sit there and sing with him. It's pretty funny when it reveals that they're all freezing in his <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> also, his, uh, I was look, looking at the cast, and uh, Vivica A. Fox mm-hmm. plays his, that lady. his lady, whose name in the movie is Miss B. Haven. Why? Don't know. Nice word. But like also, that's another like, okay, so she exists only for this one scene where she can hit on him. He can reject her and go reveal that he has his wife stored in the freezer. Yeah. Like, okay, is this the first time this lady's ever flirted with him? It seems like the character in the movie who exists to only be a love interest. Like they have that same character in Batman Forever. Uh-huh. Like uh, Two Face has two different ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of them is Drew Barrymore. Yeah, it's very strange. Whoa, really? She's the angel yeah. one. He, she's the good oh, side. Oh, weird. Uh, he has his apartment split and, into two. Sugar and spice. I think so. Yeah. Um, but like that makes that sense, movie. and he like goes and he doesn't treat them well, just like <laughs> Mr. Freeze doesn't treat her well. But it, it shows that like. They don't have any history until this one moment. Mildly rude to her, to be fair. Yeah, immediately after that, he like calls over another goon. Yeah, just so he can basically tell him to go away. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he calls him over, (laughs) explains a little bit of his plan, and then tells him to go away. Yeah, (laughs) it's like, okay, this is all your goons are, (laughs) so you can like, like say your plot out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would put in some better goons. I would cut out a lot, mostly the motorcycle race scene because. It's just nothing. It's mm-hmm. nothing. We don't need it. Like you said, that one shot of her like stealing the motorcycle is enough. Um, and we learned about the motorcycles in the last one, so make that a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last big note, as far as like storytelling, like I also agree. Like just keep Val Kilmer. I didn't like him, but George Clooney is nothing. But look, that was not going to happen, though. No, yeah, but I'm saying like if there's a way to keep this somewhat in the same universe as the last film. And make Batman at least have a slightly different voice when he's Batman than when he's Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bell Kilmer at least did that. 
but also give Poison Ivy some sort of motivation because we talked about this a bit earlier. She discovers that Bruce Wayne is not actually like paying for her evil scientist boss man that like she thought. And then basically that erases any motivation her character origin story yep. had. And so she then decides like, well, okay, these people just told me Batman and Robin protect the city. So I'm going to stop them for no real reason other than she's mad at Bruce Wayne for saying her plan wouldn't work to kill humans and save plants. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's no real reason that Poison Ivy does anything she does in the second half of the movie, and there's no reason for her to team up with Mr. Freeze. Uh-huh. I realize it's sort of the same. It's like the same setup as the Riddler, except not yeah. good. Like yeah, I, I, no. not, I don't even think the setup for the Riddler was great. But, but the, the Riddler setup is at least he works for Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. and Bruce Wayne fires him. Right. Uh, well, no, like, actually, Bruce Wayne doesn't fire him. He gets fired by his boss, who he then murders. Yes, but he <laughs> but he looks up to Bruce Wayne. Yes, he was very inspired because even as he's walking away, he says, "You were supposed to understand." Yeah, and he sees him and Bruce Wayne as like the same type of person. Right. Mm. And then Bruce Wayne shoots down his idea. And he's scorned by that. Yeah. And then he gets fired from Wayne Enterprises. And so he just goes off the deep end. Yeah. Uh, and then he does stuff to his brain with his machine. We're yeah. not talking about Batman forever. Sorry. <laughs> and she gets magically killed and back to life just like Catwoman. So she's just t- two different ones. Who? Poison Ivy. Oh, does. yeah. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is another thing I hated, which about Batman Returns. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, why is Catwoman supernatural? Yeah. And is she, what is she? Is she undead? I don't know. Yeah. It's unclear. Yeah. She just looks like a Tim Burton drawing. She's unclear. <laughs> She's not uh, undead. She's unclear. Yeah. But that's that's it. I mean, it's a broken movie in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. I think there are small fixes that would at least make it more enjoyable. And like the number one thing is make it shorter. Yeah. yeah an edit would definitely help. Maya, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to um, actually echo your uh thought mad about motivation like I didn't care about any of the characters in this film mm-hmm. because I didn't really see their motivation for why they were doing what they did Batman Robin uh, Uma I can't remember Poison Ivy <laughs> and um, <laughs> the opposite problem yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Arnold <laughs> I, I just I didn't care about any of them because like I didn't know why they were doing what they did and um, yeah I wish I wish I would have known more why um, and uh, like the only person that we really know why they were doing what they did was was Arnold. Sorry, I keep calling them by their actors' names. Because <laughs> it's <I really> just... <laughs> fine. I, he's a caricature of himself. In yeah, this. yeah. But even like the way uh, his backstory was explained was like, oh, let's take this two minutes to like tell the audience, uh, you know, what his story is. Like, I would have much preferred, I don't know, maybe like a sequence at the beginning and told in flashback form or something. Like, show me, don't tell me. Uh, why you are the way you are. I was talking to Sam about that earlier. Because he stumbled backwards into his unguarded vat of nitro... What's that stuff? Cold stuff. (laughs) It was 50 degrees below zero. Yeah, that's just giant and open. (laughs) Yeah. But that that scene is one of my biggest gripes with this movie Mm -hmm. because at least throughout, as far as I can remember, in all other Warner Brothers Batman movies, usually the the villain is a mystery of some sort. Mm-hmm. Like they don't know their identity uh, unless it's Harvey Dent. Like Harvey Dent was known. He was a known attorney that got, or district attorney and then got the acid thrown in his <laughs> face. Everyone... One of the worst. That was one of the worst things in Batman movie history. Oh, when he puts the folder over his face 
and gets acid thrown on his face. Well, (laughs) they're showing it on television (laughs) when it happened, and it's bright daylight in the courtroom. He gets the acid thrown, and there's Batman in the daylight courtroom running over people trying to get to Harvey. It is what it it looks terrible. Weird. But on top of that, every other villain is like, you don't know who they are at first. Batman doesn't know who the Riddler is when he first fights him. He doesn't know who Catwoman is. That's Mm -hmm. the point uh, for (laughs) most of the movie. And that, like... That works in superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Like, not revealing who the Green Goblin is until the end of Spider-Man makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, we get one fight with Mr. Freeze, and the next scene is Bruce and uh, Dick hanging out in the Batcave after they just showered off. Like, it, Bruce has a towel around his neck. He's <laughs> yeah. like, getting the water out of my ears. And then they're watching a TV monitor like, oh, he's Victor Freeze. This is his wife. This is everything. This is all of his motivation. Yeah, and then they, like, if they had maybe made an effort after that to sympathize with him a little bit and try to help him figure out yeah. how his, like... And also, Mr. Freeze is so evil compared to what his motivation is. He's a big asshole. Yeah, and it doesn't happen until the very end when they're like, we can help you. It's yeah. Like, you should have led with that, <laughs> <Yeah>. Bruce. <laughs> Like, you should not even be Batman. Just go as Bruce Wayne yeah. and be like, hey, Mr. Freeze, hands up, I'm here. Like, uh-huh. Just talking to you one-on-one. I have a lot of money <laughs> and, like, a whole, like, company that can save your wife's life. And if you stop doing crime, yeah, we can work Help together. Help me capture Poison Ivy. I'll save your wife. We're all good. And apparently Arkham Asylum has a lab for some reason that he could yep. have been in from the beginning. Yep. Yeah. It's weird. Well, for me, I don't have anything much else to add except an edit. Like, I think even an edit would really just take a half hour out of this movie, recast George Clooney. I think it was enough that, like, I would have been, I mean, I say I, but, like, I would have been looking at dailies going, you're not doing your fucking job. Mm-hmm. You're just you're just doing nothing. Mm-hmm. So we, we need to have a discussion. And, it, yeah, so... Uh, a possible recast there. Okay, now it's time to move on how we would rate this. I rate all of these films based on my scale of what Star Wars movie is it? And for me, I can't believe I'm saying this, this is Rogue One because it's not a bad movie. It's just not what I wanted to see. It's got problems. I do think there are bad elements to it, but it's just not what I wanted to see in any way. It's not the take I wanted to see. Um... It just doesn't work for Batman. So yeah, this is Rogue One for me. And a man, are people going to come at me for saying Rogue One <laughs> is, is Batman, Batman and, Robin. and Robin? And I think Rogue <laughs> One is the Batman and Robin of the Star Wars universe for me. Matt, you have a new scale. Yeah, I do. Inspired by this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, my new scale, replacing the uh, ever-loved possessed mushroom puppet scale of enjoyment, is now... Uh, taking a page out of Nick's book, which Batman movie is this? <laughs> and that includes like everything from the 1940s serials up through Justice League. So there's a very broad range of quality and of Batman. Uh, but for this one, Batman. Cle- yeah, clearly this one is just Batman and Robin because that's we need a base. Level. What else could it be? Yeah, it couldn't be any other Batman movie. <laughs> it would be weird to say this is Batman Returns. Yeah. What? It's like it literally isn't though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is Batman and Robin on the scale of which Batman movie is this? Excellent. Maya, you have to, d- to yep. give us your new rating system. Okay. So I think my rating system uh, at least for this movie, is going to be um, J.K. Rowling uh, retroactively um, adding to the Harry Potter canon. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because she's done a lot of or said a lot of things in the last few years uh, that range from like, okay, whatever, to no, that shouldn't happen. Stop talking, please. Uh, it's a George Lucas syndrome. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, oh, and George I, Lucas would be <laughs> terrible on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I think for this one, this is uh, her um, tweeting that uh, wizards uh, back in the day when indoor plumbing wasn't a thing, uh, th- saying that basically they just like shat wherever and then just vanished their uh, feces. Yeah. <laughs> Did they wipe? I was just wondering that too. Maybe they had a spell for that also. I don't. I don't know, but like even before indoor plumbing, like people were able to to do. <laughs> there know. were other alternatives. Yeah. <laughs> people were just like, "I'm gonna poop on that floor." Yeah, yeah. and then they go, "What?" But if you had there magic, could have still been a room to poop in. Hadaga Bideus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it was like it's it's an update that nobody wanted or needed, and that. That's Why did you tell movie. me that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know I've been thinking about for twenty years. I'm gonna tell you fools how wizards pooped. <laughs> I'm going to go out of my way yeah. to make a tweet about <laughs> wizard poop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do they need indoor plumbing now? Why can't they have magic plumbing? I mean, they don't have electricity, so. Yeah. Yeah. They just Explain that. JK Rowling. They need somewhere for Moaning Myrtle to live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they needed to make that plot happen. So. Yeah. Yeah. Don't try to dissect it too much. It all will fall apart. She did it first. She started it. That's that's a very good point. (laughs) If you're listening, JK, (laughs) Sam Schultz has some words with you. Oh, Sam. Mine's the Europe. Oh, speaking of. Speaking of (laughs) European toilet system. If you ever go to Europe, there's fancy toilets with two buttons. One's a big one for flesh and poop. One's a little one for flesh and pee. You push both of those until the movie goes down. I'm going to poop flesh this one. I don't ever want to watch this movie. I don't ever want to think about this movie I'm just again. so shocked. I thought I would really like this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the lack of nostalgia is a big Probab- part of it. Probably, but I love, like, there's a certain version of Batman I love, and I think, like, I've gotten into fights with Nicole about, like, you can't. <laughs> like, it's not super important that something effectively translates what you love about a character to another medium. But I feel like it's never happened f- with Batman for me. And this actually did get a little bit closer than some things, except the Batman himself was such a huge snooze. Um, yeah, poop flush it. Don't, don't. Damn. Yeah. Is I was fully prepared. Once when that first thing where they were pulling on their <laughs> pants happened, I was like, I am all in for this movie. So but. you gave it the benefit of the doubt. You really went in and were like, mm-hmm. "I'm this could be really good." And I then, told you when you when you said we were going to do it this week that I thought I would be fighting for this movie, and to a certain degree, I think I was fighting for it a little. Yeah. I think you were for a little. I what think, was the first breaking point? When uh, what was the first boring thing that happened? <laughs> uh, I don't even remember. I think like when he's talking to Alfred when Alfred's sick on the sofa or something like mm. that, or like when Alicia Silverstone shows up. I think that was such a boring scene. And you probably realize, when oh, that, we're going to have to spend a lot of time with this character. Yeah, probably when that happened. I paid absolutely no attention to the motorcycle race. Because mm. when you were telling me today, like, they didn't blow up that bridge, I thought they had blown they up that bridge. fire to a bridge that goes nowhere. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense if you think about it for longer than two seconds. I previously blown up a bridge. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, yeah, that's where the breaking point was. I think okay. not that I don't dislike her. I think she's great. But I agree. I think Alicia Silverstone's great. I think she was a little miscast, uh, think... but also I just I don't think there's anything there. The character didn't need to be in the movie. Yeah, she's just mm-hmm. is a big nothing. Yeah, um, which is a shame. Also liked. I thought she looked cool with the eye things as opposed to. George Clooney did not look cool in the bat suit. Not at all. He has such big eye holes. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. The eye holes are most of his face. <laughs> like, and I, I can get like, if you're talking about expression, but mm, come on, George. Uh, <laughs> like, but it's also showing just like cheek. Uh-huh. It's like down to like his nose level with his cheek showing. And, and I feel like on this Batman suit, the nostril holes are way more distinct than they are in other <laughs> Batman suits. So he just looks really goofy. And he's barely in the movie, I feel like, to a degree. Like, Batman, maybe he just doesn't make a visual impact, but it hey, feels like it's a very <laughs> enough for you. <laughs> yeah. Feels like it's a very Batman light movie. We didn't even talk about the hockey scene where they oh, have God. ice skates. Oh, built ice into skates in their, their feet. That's when the movie was still good, though. That was the good old days when they were freezing <laughs> a giant dinosaur and I mean, skating around. Yeah, if you take just that opening scene of he like Fred Flintstones down a dinosaur, <laughs> yeah, and then they have hockey skates and they play hockey for a diamond and then they get launched into space. <laughs> that alone is just. A bonkers like little Batman short yeah, it's film. It's a short film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Win the Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean it's interesting because like the um when Christian Bale first re- first reveals himself in the Batsuit, I was like, he looks fucking scary. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool. And then later they in that movie and then later in the rest of the movies, they keep showing him in more and more light, which you can't do with a Batman suit. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like look at that rubber suit. The more light you put on it, and this is just everything was evenly lit. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not bad lighting. It's just that those suits don't. You need shadow to make them cool. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> I don't know. Anyway, all right. Let's move on to our final segment, <laughs> which is real good, where we recommend something to you that uh, will hopefully get the taste of this movie out of your mouth. I'm going to recommend something that if you want to see. A franchise that went from trying to be a little bit serious and then just decided to embrace the goof. Uh, Check out Thor Ragnarok. I'm Mm -hmm. sure most of you have. If you haven't, check it out. I don't think you need to see the other ones because he does this really funny recap at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, it, it does a good job of being both an awesome superhero movie and a really fun comedy mm-hmm. and, and being goofy and embracing goofiness. So, yeah, check out Thor Ragnarok. Matt? Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie that I recognize, uh, recognized, I, that I recommended before on this podcast because it's a really good 90s superhero movie that leans into the cartoonish side as well and features someone who I think could have maybe played a better Batman at this time than George Clooney. And that film is Mystery Men. And that man is Greg Kinnear. Oh, Greg. That would have been so good. Hey, yeah. I I think Greg Kinnear would play a pretty charming Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, dear God. I just realized, keep Clooney, because we we might also have almost had Mel Gibson. That would be very bad. That would be bad. I don't want that at all. Like, that's a way worse... But that time... Yeah, no, That's, I could see that. I, yeah, yeah, I was having, I was even trying to think of other like '90s guys, but I was thinking like they're a little younger of like Ethan Hawke, Guy Pierce, mm. like these people who could have played a pretty good. Batman. That's funny. Guy Pierce was up for the role in uh, Batman, Batman Begins. Begins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but huh. I think Greg Kinnear was like slightly older than those guys, so he's like closer to Clooney age. Hmm. I think Greg Kinnear could have played a pretty good. Yeah, Batman. he kind of looks like. Beetlejuice man. Also, like and in Mystery Men, Val Kilmer combined. He has some really good comedy chops. Yeah. Because uh, he plays basically like their Superman, Batman, or whatever. He's like the actual yeah. superhero, mm-hmm. but he's like super sponsored 
like a NASCAR driver. Yeah. Uh, and he's like a super corporate a superhero. Dick, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he's very funny. And so I think he would have been a good choice. Yeah. He could have pulled off a very oafish Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think he would have fit into the tone mm-hmm. of what they were kind of going for with some more personality than George Clooney did. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have been hard. No. <laughs> Maya, what is your real good? Uh, my real good uh, is, um, well, if you want a movie that uh, still s- falls into the sort of superhero realm and you want it specifically as superhero and superhero, uh, I would recommend Ant-Man the Wasp because it is, uh, you know, a good sort of duo movie that is actually funny and not like cringy funny, which I had a lot of problems with this movie in terms of the, the pun humor. I mean, I ended up like uh, noting... Uh, how many puns were used in this movie versus uh, how many actual lines of dialogue that Arnold had. (laughs) And the ratio is almost like one to one. (laughs) Like for every actual line, there's also a pun. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's... That's not right. Yeah. Okay. I have to watch Ant Man and the Wasp this weekend. So mm-hmm. have you not watched it? No, I have. Oh, I okay. have to watch it again for Snark Squad, Squad Pod because mm-hmm. we're going to be going to see Captain Marvel, and then we're going to talk about Captain Marvel in Phase Three. Uh, yeah, we're we're finishing off well, except for uh, Endgame. Uh, yeah. We're going to be talking about Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Ant Man and the Wasp, and Infinity War. That's so. a good chunk of movies right mm-hmm. there. I'm assuming. <clears throat> Haven't seen Captain Marvel yet. Reviews look good. Yeah. <laughs> what was the start of phase whatever we're on now? Doctor Strange? No. Uh, whatever is after. Either I Age of Ultron is the start of it or after Age of Ultron. No, Ant-Man was the end of okay. phase two, uh, which was weird. But yeah. And that's how it – yeah. It, Ant-Man always comes after an Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like we need a, a palette I think cleanser. Civ- <laughs> I think Civil War. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. yeah. That sounds right. I forget that's not an Avengers movie. It, yeah. yeah. I mean, it is. But <laughs> Ghost, it was their apology for Age of Ultron. Yeah. Mm. Ghost in uh, Ant-Man and Wasp is kind of similar to Mr. Freeze in a way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You Trying understand to... the motivation there. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Also, really good actor. And the, mm-hmm. the heroes <laughs> Just feel Just like bad. Mr. Freeze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the heroes feel bad for her and want to help her yeah. right away instead yeah. of keeping beating her up. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to just recommend the Batman cartoon again, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's the only, like, uh, I think in some ways it's the only good version of Batman. It's a very me. good version of Batman. And I feel like there's not even, like, there's not a bum note in it that makes you like, oh, he killed people, though. It just is very purely a great take on Batman. Without being... Um, I mean, it's a cartoon, it's a family show, but at the same time, that show has the ability to be really compelling to me as an adult Mm -hmm. Um, and does some weird tricks that you don't expect it to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mark Hamill's great in it, Mm -hmm. uh, really defined, like he and Ledger have the definitive Jokers. Totally. I mean, Nicholson isn't even in conversation (laughs) uh, anymore, I think. Sorry, Cesar Romero. (laughs) (laughs) Cesar Romero is not a good Joker. I watch a lot of the Batman 66 because it's on MeTV all the time. (laughs) Cesar Romero's Joker is like a big chicken. He's so weird. He's not funny, and he's always running away. All the bad guys in the 60s Batman, though, are pretty much chickens not Riddler <laughs> Riddler's like a psychopath in those old ones you're right he's like even the s- other villains look at him they're like whoa Joe whoa, whoa <laughs> yeah. Riddler Rid- Riddler especially in the Batman movie is totally what Joker should have been because he's just like hell bent on destruction and death and mayhem and Joker the whole time is like <laughs> Penguin's like I've got a submarine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, and well? Joker's like I don't think this is a good idea he like literally says I don't know if this is a very good idea a few times during the movie 
He's yeah, they, got, they the just got thing. the characters backwards. That's just, and that's I think one of the things. Like, if you know the characters, uh-huh. these movies can be really painful. And that's one great thing about that animated series. Which yeah. also, it's weird because that animated series extends to um, you know uh, animated movies, but video games, like the Arkham mm-hmm. video games, are terrific. Yeah, like most of them. Good point. <laughs> Not all of them, but like uh, Arkham City specifically, I think is really good. Yeah. Uh, and again, you have these same voice actors. These characters are great. Kevin Conroy is great. Batman, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Well, like redefine the Mister Freeze in this sh- in this movie is the Mister Freeze that that cartoon invented. Yeah. He wasn't sad about his wife until that cartoon. They just did a bad job adapting it. Right. But yeah. like a lot it, of what, like what Batman canon is now. Yeah. came from the animated series. Like, yeah. Harley yeah. Quinn was invented <laughs> from the animated series. Like, mm-hmm. Yay, Mr. J. <laughs> that was a good impression. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like you practiced. I, I haven't, but I have seen a lot of that show. And I appreciated that, like, Batman Beyond sprung from that. And yeah. they actually had Ke- uh, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill showed back up. Uh-huh. So it was really good, yeah. I think we should just do a separate podcast about Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, hey, I would love to. All the way through Justice League Unlimited. Holy yeah. yeah. And we'd have to play the games. Uh, I don't think... I've only played the Arkham ones, but those aren't canon with the show. They're not. No. They just have the they same, voice, same actors. voice actors. Yeah. It's yeah. like... Uh, uh, again. We can just do a Kevin Conroy podcast. Oh, there we go. <laughs> you gotta have him on. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't maybe. talk about Kevin Conroy and not have that voice somehow. I follow him on Twitter. He's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me to talk about Batman and Robin. I really appreciate it. Sam, where can people find you? Oh, boy. I have a podcast that I do with my girlfriend, Rachel, called Real Love. Um... Each week we pick a movie, make the other person watch the movie, but we are retooling it in an exciting way where we're going to make other people, other couples, pick their favorite movies that they would never make. Damn you! Oh, we have an idea for you too. Yay! Yeah, we have an idea for idea. you too and you're not going to like it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but, uh... Okay. But, but you get to be involved. <laughs> but you get to be involved. Do I have to do work? Well, it's probably going to be a lot of emotional labor. <laughs> oh, I'm fine with that. Okay. Uh, no, you don't have to do any work. I, I live by emotional labor, so because <laughs> the physical labor gave out years ago. Yeah. So that's all I have left. Fair enough. Uh, where else can you find me? Uh, I'm on Tangents. SciShow Tangents. Show Tangents, yeah. It's another podcast. Just search it in iTunes with me and Hank Green and Sarah Riley and Stefan Chin. Talk about science, goofy science stuff. And I was going to plug something else. Follow me on Instagram. Come on. Yeah. Oh, your drawing of the juggernaut was adorable. I don't have enough followers on Instagram. Siri has like 3,000 followers on Twitter, and I'm on the same podcast as her, and I only have like 300. Did you that's work sick. on a very famous comic book? Mm. Oh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes sense. I forgot about that. Look, we all aspire to be Sari. So. I at least aspire to have her follower count. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. All right. Maya, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at that Maya. M-A-I-A. Yes. yes. Thank you for spelling that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I make videos uh, at youtube.com slash nature league. Uh, you should go check us out. Absolutely. Matt, tell us about your podcast. Uh, my podcast is called I Love It. 
And speaking of Sari Riley being interesting, uh, she's on an upcoming episode talking about fencing. Oh, um, yeah. She's going to be really cool. Up I can't next... wait to listen to yeah. that. <laughs> right. But the next episode you'll hear after this episode comes out, or right around the same time, is Nick Jenkins talking about Mystery Science Theater 3000. Whoa. Um, One of my synergy. great loves. Yeah. Mm. Are you a so, Mike guy or a Joel guy? I'm a Mike guy. Oh, I like Joel. I know. Spoilers. Of course you do. <laughs> of course you do. You're a prop comic. <laughs> I am? <laughs> oh, Gallagher Sam Weird. over here. <laughs> okay. You like props, and you like... You I like I do like props. I just like how relaxed he is. Well, that too. I like how Mike was clearly being driven crazy. Oh, that. I mean, I love Mike too, but. For more conversations like this, <laughs> listen to Nick. Uh, I love it. Uh, you can find that wherever podcasts are and follow on Twitter and Instagram at I Love It Podcast. And you can find me at Matthew Gatos. Excellent. Well,. Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can go to cageclub.me and check out podcasts like Third Time's a Charm, a podcast about film franchises that takes an in-depth look at the third movie in those franchises. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RealBadPod. And if you like what we do here, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash RealBadPod. And you can chip in to help us out. Big thank you to our patrons, Sarah, I Love It Podcast, Candice, and Black Duck Studios for being patrons at the $5 and up levels. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys for doing uh, this with me. I don't know exactly what we're going to be doing. Oh, I do know. I do know what we're doing next. Ha, 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 ha. We are delving back into the Hellraiser series. So uh, I am, I am, (laughs) I am excited. Those are going to get bad fast, right? Um, Apparently they get slightly better over time. Oh, interesting. There's a dip. (laughs) (laughs) There's a really hard dip Mm -hmm. for two movies. Mm. And That's then, a lot of movies. Yeah, <laughs> but then the last five, I think, are <laughs> are at least interesting. Okay. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, oh, but until then, this has been real bad. <laughs>